This just in. Aaron Rodgers bought a tube of toothpaste. I need a camera crew at the darkness retreat. Pronto. According to my sources. Think about Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders for a second. This is Rodgers Watch 2023 on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. When it comes to me, they don't know. Oh, we're on top of this. Aaron Rodgers News. Greg Matzik. What do we know? Well, he is out of the darkness retreat, John and Sandy. He right. completed his darkness retreat at Sky Cave on Wednesday according to the guy who runs the place. I mean, this is in the southern wilderness of Oregon. It is snowy. There's hundreds and hundreds of acres. And Aaron was staying in a hobbit-like structure, <laughs> 300 square feet, okay. devoid of light, uh, with a mattress, queen-size bed. Uh, there is running water and, and toiletries, right? All so right, you, okay. you've got a place to do your business, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Uh, there is a slot for food delivered once a day. Scott Berman's the guy who runs the place. He comes and checks on guests. Uh, there are three little... I don't know, of these little structures on the grounds. And it's meant to be very quiet. There is no light. However, if you need to turn the lights on, you can. There is a way to do that, so it's not entirely freak-out mode. Uh, what I find amazing is that, according to the ESPN report, Sky Cave, this darkness retreat, booked up for the next 18 months. Oh, Whoa! Can, rock wow. solid. They can thank Aaron Rodgers for that, can't uh, they? It, well, there, this is a thing for professional or high-level athletes, including from the world of track and field. Like, it's... It's not really? totally, totally, is it really? Un- yes, but isn't it marathon nice runners. We don't know that. that. We don't have to hear about it from every single person who does this. That's a great point. <laughs> have you heard point. any other athlete talk about this? Ad nauseum? No, no. I, we know Aaron likes his meditation and his ayahuasca sure. and yoga and whatever. So this is the latest, I guess, in his line of retreats. Okay, so now what? Right, like, he's out. Mm-hmm. He's out. Mm-hmm. But I do like to imagine him coming out when you were describing this snowy... Oregon area, you know, it's just when you come out of a movie and your eyes have to adjust for a second. I like the idea of him being in complete darkness for four days and then coming out into this bright sunshine, bouncing off snow and squinting and feeling his way around because he can't see. Yeah, is there like a reception desk that you check in? It's like, a, would you like a muffins for breakfast or He's would you like a thousand bonus points I just on turn your my reward account? Yeah, right. Trudge exactly. through the snow back to the to the hut. Do you like your bill emailed? Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. Please. Uh, so now i got to figure out what's going to happen with Aaron with regard to playing mm-hmm. next year. There are thoughts that he's done in Green Bay. There are thoughts that he will be back in Green Bay. That remains a bit of a mystery. Uh, Jason Wilde, our good friend and teammate, had a bit of an interesting rant yesterday about Aaron Rodgers, assuming that he will be coming back to Green Bay. So this is what Jason, if he were Brian Gutekunst, would approach and discuss with Aaron Rodgers. If I was Goody, I would say, are you effing kidding me, man? We give you a $150 million contract, we tear up the existing deal, and you no-show for the offseason? I can't have you do that again. We went 8-9, and nine. you're bitching about your wide receivers not knowing what they're supposed to do with you, and not knowing the signals. You're throwing me under the bus, you're throwing Matt LaFleur under the bus. Look, I need the best version of you, I want you back. But I want you fully invested, like you were in the off-season program from 2005 through 2019. And I want you to dial back complaining about us publicly all the time. Do you think you can do that? Because if you can do those things, and you can alter slightly your leadership of our young players to be understanding of how they're working through trying to live up to the expectations of a future Pro Football Hall of Famer, I want you back. But if you don't think you can do those things, then we have to have another conversation. That's what I would say to him. That is me. That's not Goody. That's my 
feeling of what I would say to him. Yeah, that's interesting. Wow, will be. Very He's not strong. usually that strong on Rodgers. But, you know, it does underscore, I think, a lot of people's frustrations and complaints going into the season. Why Even the this? people who like him. Right. Gave yeah. him all the money, and then he's off at a sweat lodge in Peru. Yeah, right? come on. Like, Let's go. Come on. So. I, but you know how far back Wildy goes with his Packers coverage, and that sure. Aaron Rodgers calls him out by name in press conferences. I like the idea that this is both tough love, but also appeals to Aaron Rodgers' petty side. So there's a, something in me that makes me think like Aaron Rodgers would relish the first press conference where he can just... Make Jason Wildy squirm. Aaron got everything he wanted, then he just sort of backed out of the offseason. Yeah. Well, and Rodgers could give a rat's ass what Jason Wildy or anybody says. He's all about Aaron Rodgers. It is 415 at WTMJ. Uh, Coming up next, how tough was it for you to do your driveway? Probably not as tough as it was for Greg Matzik. Want to get you the latest on the collapse of the parking structure, partial collapse at Bayshore in Glendale. WTMJ's Finn Askin is there. Good afternoon, Finn. Good afternoon, John. How are we doing? We're doing good. So good news out there is no one was injured. Paint the picture. What are you looking at? What can you see? Yes, sir. So right now things are really starting to cool down. All of the We still have one fire engine here, but the other two that were here when I arrived have started to leave, and they're off the scene there are still crews working on the parking parking garage at the moment and according to the mayor it sounded like they were just trying to get rid of some big pieces free up those cars that were actually hit by the debris so the mayor said people shouldn't be here more than a longer than an hour but that was about an hour and a half ago already so those crews are still working hard and no clear sign on when they'll be getting out of here so any idea when the people who have their cars stranded there can expect to get their cars out of there from what it sounds like, people on those second and third floors, it's going to be a while. Months is what it sounds oh like. Oh, my gosh. Maybe, it, it, it does not sound good. And it, from what uh, WTMJ's Jason Smith was telling me, there's actually people up in the school um, in the mall, and they haven't been allowed to even get out of there. And that's the building right next door to the parking structure. So not a lot of good signs at the moment. Is the police tape still up? Yes, police tape is still up. We've got a few police cars still here. Um, it's really just come down to just the taper on the parking garage, not much else. Why do you think the uh, people in the school and the buildings nearby are are not, are they still inside? Yeah, J- Jason couldn't get a clear answer on that, but it sounded like they were up on the top floor of the building next door to the parking garage, and the easiest exit for them was on straight onto the parking garage. So not quite sure on that. I'm trying to figure out the full answer to that. But, yeah, they're apparent, apparently they're still in there at the moment. Well, sure, if you have to exit through the parking garage and that's unstable, even if there's a stairwell, you wouldn't be advised right. to exit that way. Right. I, I hadn't heard of those people being stranded. I, I didn't just put, kind of put that together. My goodness. WTMJ's right, so- Finn Askin. We'll check back in with you next hour, Finn. Thank you so much. Thank you. So I think everyone was dealing with that sleet that fell where most of us live and how difficult it was to move. And my snow thrower just spit it out, didn't really want to deal with it. But, man, I feel like I had it easy. When I got a text from my guy Greg Matzik this morning who got out there early. And Jeez. what what happened to your snow thrower? Well, I, you know, I, I wanted to go out last night, maybe get a first yep. draft, if you will, and, and salt a little bit. Yep. Uh, and then the Badger game was pretty good. So I sat down on the couch and watched it in front of a fire. Same. <laughs> just really yep. enjoyed doing that instead. 
So I got up this morning about 7 a.m., and you open the garage door, and you can see the, the, the wall of snow sort of built up by the garage door. Mm-hmm. And I stepped on it, and I knew it was going to be like shoveling concrete or trying to snowblow concrete. So I fire up the snowblow. I did spray it with Pam, because that's I what we do. I wondered. Very good. I certainly did. Um, and as I was making my first pass, I, I looked down, and my, my snowblower was sort of like leaning to the right, and then it was riding on top of the snow. I was like, what is going on here? Oh, boy. Like, the, the tire on the right side of the snowblower had disengaged from the wheel. What? Oh. Right, so if you've oh ever been gosh. around a, a tire center when they change your tire, yeah. you know, they, they, they take the tire off, put it back on the wheel, and they have some kind of weird metal device that sort of gets it on right. It, it just came off, and I did not have the metal device to get the tire on right. Oh, my gosh, so that make it useless? I was like, what is going on here? So I could sort of still maneuver the snowblower, but <laughs> oh. I, I didn't have the, the proper weight to get it down, like... It was just a, an exercise in futility. So I put it back in the garage. I went inside. I told my wife, Emily, I was like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> She's oh like, what happened? Gosh. I was like, well, the snowblow kind of got screwed up. Long story short, I get the kids on the bus. They're all good to go. I come back, and I'm just staring at the driveway. Oh. I've got to find a way to handle this. So you had gotten almost none of it done when it broke. No, I, I had like a half a pass. Oh, my god! I feel like this whole day, this whole snowfall has been an exercise in physics. You know, like you've got axles and torque and... Oh, sure. And... and Whatever by ever by whatever means necessary. So now you have to get a shovel. What happened? And attack this? Well, that's I had to do that for the dog, right? So our our greyhound is not very much a fan of snow. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but I had to shovel off the sidewalk and in our walkway and front porch and all that. And I just decided to keep on going. Oh my gosh! You did the whole. I've been to your house. You did the whole. You shoveled your driveway. I, I shoveled about. I would say 75 or 80 percent of it. Oh, my gosh. Including the small sledding hill at the end of the driveway what? left by the yeah. plow. Oh, my gosh. And great. then a neighbor finally came over. He said, man, nobody should be working this hard. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and he did a couple of things for me, I, a few passes that took him just a few minutes. But How did you not collapse? Oh, I was beat. I mean, it was just ridiculous. But you weren't done. No, I had to go help my parents out. Oh, my gosh. Um, this so proves I, another physics oof. theory. Objects in motion tend to stay in motion. Oh, I mean, so I, I, way I, to go with that momentum. I, I am just soaked, right? I mean, just because it was pretty oh, nice outside. Yeah. It wasn't all that cold. Yeah. Uh, Emily had put a bag together with some clothes in it. And I just, you know, soaking wet. I have all my gear on. I get into the car. I drive to my parents' oh. house. And they've got a giant Aaron snow thrower. And that thing is yep. a beast. It goes through anything. So I was able to do that, shovel off their deck and backyard area. Took a nice hot shower and then came into work. I, I was exhausted oh. when I got here. <laughs> like yeah, eleven o'clock. It's like man, I That's need a, a nap. workout. Yeah, it was like uh, it was like wet concrete. Yeah, I mean my snow thrower yeah. just like it just spit. Did you wait like, till this morning to do any of it? I did. So I kind of had the same thing going that you did. I was going to do it at nine thirty last night. I thought the radar looks like it's going to be done. I'm going to get out and I'm going to do it tonight. I'm going to get it done. And then I was watching a show I got wrapped up in, and I said, nah, it's still coming down a little bit. I'll do it tomorrow morning. So I did it this morning, and it was not fun. It's exhausting. It is. Even with the snow throw, yeah. it's exhausting. And you shoveled it. Yeah, that was a lot. I felt that like was a lot. the last snowfall we got that was really wet and heavy, that was the one where I just walked and shoveled. I, I knew myself. I didn't even change out of a dress and boots. I was like, just get the shovel and start walking. And just that was where you do two paces, and it was so heavy and sloppy. Just yeah. one, two, slop. One, two, yeah, right, slop. Right. You just get in that rhythm. Yeah. But that was that was pretty uh, 
impressive and athletic to get that done just because that was <laughs> yeah. a heavy snow and i can't believe that we beat it with this, this one yeah i think this is the heaviest wettest snow i've ever had to move in my life well it, it, it really felt like it because it wasn't snow it was sleet right so my, my thought process was like man i know this is melting pretty fast like yep. you, you just get a part done and you're going to see yep. concrete before too yep. long if i would have just left it in the driveway out of frustration i could only imagine what the next two days would have been like or would be like oh my god well, it's going to get colder, and whatever's left, it's going to freeze, and it just, I don't know. What you're going to sleep good tonight, that is you- for sure. <laughs> no, I might sleep the next hour of the show, if you don't mind. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. It's 4.40 at WTMJ. We've got a lot of really cool, famous people from Milwaukee, and today's a great day to celebrate one of them. I agree. One of the coolest is an astronaut. That is super cool. Captain James Lovell grew up right here in Milwaukee, and if you think you don't know who James Lovell is, you know, what 7th Street is named after, uh, I bet you know the movie Apollo 13, and I Mm -hmm. bet you know this phrase. That is the actual space transmissions when Apollo 13 yeah. had the issue returning to Earth yep. and an entire country on edge. So that was Captain Jim Lovell, head of that mission. Amazing. And how cool of an astronaut do you have to be when Tom Hanks is the guy who plays you? <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. So uh, Jim Lovell grew up here in Milwaukee. Went to Juneau High School, which is now no more, but used to be like 64th and Blue Mound yeah, area. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Met his high school sweetheart, married her, Marilyn, so fell in love with a Milwaukee gal, and then went to UW-Madison for a couple of years yep. before he went to the Naval Academy, yep. and then a test pilot. You know, I mean, these astronauts... Top of his class, yeah. I mean, bright guy. And fell in love with rockets when he was in high school, so just kind of was driven to this before you could even be an astronaut. You know, this was he was ahead of the, the curve on yeah. all this, so got chosen in the second round of astronauts, uh, was on a mission called Gemini 7. Mm-hmm. And in 1966, after he completed this mission, he was given a huge parade in Wisconsin, on in Milwaukee, up and down Wisconsin Avenue. You know, all, the, all those uh, kind of pictures that you think in your head of convertible, cool ticker cars and, and all the, yeah, all the yeah, confetti and ticker yeah. tape. And because if you really think about this, Gemini 7, he was in orbit for nearly two weeks in a tiny tin can of a capsule with astronaut Frank Borman. And they did experiments, but this was two weeks. That had to be terrifying. Can we, you we didn't imagine? Even know if he was going to come back for right. sure. Right, and two hundred and six orbits wow. around the Earth. Uh, they did other science experiments based on nutrition, and another astronaut who had gone up before him said, "Take a book." <laughs> so, <laughs> so he and Frank Borman literally read books like the last three days that came down. And another significant part of that mission was they had an, a rendezvous which was, as you know, led to being able to land yep. on the moon when you could make yep. that connection out in space. So, um, wonderfully, Milwaukee PBS had the chance to sit down with Captain Lovell. 2019, visited him. He's just this gracious treasure of a man who who's, who still has the passion. But this is what he had to say about that parade, February 23rd, 1966. That was really fantastic i really appreciated everything and everybody in milwaukee and to think that you know uh uh milwaukee at that time of course was uh not the center of the space program obviously 
and uh, but uh, to uh, honor somebody from from the city and uh, watch the ticket tape parade and uh, and that night uh, where I was honored at a banquet and gave a talk and you know, I, I really felt that Milwaukee was a great hometown. And That's he, so cool. Yeah. That makes he, me proud. He spoke to students at Marquette University, and he signed one of those plaques at the Milwaukee Press Club, yeah, and all yeah, those yeah, chalk yeah. plaques, and uh, just was really a celebrity. That and is it, awesome. It was rock star time. So next time you uh, see that James Lovell exit off I-94. Yeah. I take that exit every day to come here. Give a salute and a thought for Captain Jim Lovell and all that he did for space exploration. He will turn 95 years old next month. Yay! That's we'll amazing. celebrate his birthday next month. All right, that's a plan. Sounds good. 444 at WTMJ. Dan Schaefer will be the host of WTMJ Nights tonight. He's a columnist from our city, writes the recombobulation area. It's fantastic. You ought to subscribe and check it out. He is with us in the studio. Dan, so good to see you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I stumbled me. over the title, but I love the title. So many people take pictures of this when they come through our airport. Tell us what you hope to capture and what kind of your mission is when you write. You know, it's such a, the recombobulation area is such a unique Milwaukee thing, right? And so... Uh, you know, you get discombobulated as you're coming through security. And, and I think you also get discombobulated processing news and politics in this crazy state of ours, right? And so, you know, uh, what I hope to bring with the recombobulation area, uh, is, is a chance to, to put yourself together, put yourself back together, get recombobulated, start to make sense, uh, of the news and politics in, in this crazy 50-50 swing state of ours. I love that. One of the things you've been spending a lot of time on the last couple of days is what happened in the Supreme Court primary. Uh, two are through. There will be a general in April. What are your key takeaways from what happened in the primary? Yeah, it was it was certainly an interesting one. You know, the turnout numbers, I think, is a really uh, you know important thing to note. We keep hearing about how high stakes this race is and how important it is, and I think that message is starting to connect. Uh, you know, you had you had a lot of people come to the polls. Uh, and I think if you are a liberal voter, if you are and maybe an independent voter who wants to see change come to the Wisconsin Supreme Court, I think you have to be pretty encouraged by the results from the primary. I think Janet Protosiewicz had an incredibly strong showing. Uh, not only did she do well in the typical Democratic strongholds, uh, but she did really well in southwestern Wisconsin and the Fox Valley and some of these key swing areas that can often decide statewide races in the state of Wisconsin. So there are a number of those, you know, counties, uh, particularly in the southwest part of the state, that were Obama counties and then Trump counties and then maybe Biden counties, maybe a couple Trump counties still. But those are the ones that she did really well in. So I think looking at the map uh, of where she was successful it kind of reminded me of the 2018 map where Tammy Baldwin won a big race uh, to re get reelected to the U.S. Senate, where she is able to, you know, have a little bit more statewide support, a little bit more support outside uh, of those Democratic strongholds. You mentioned turnout. Some are touting the turnout. There was 20 and a half percent turnout, which was more than the 18 percent in the primary for Wisconsin Supreme Court before that. The one before that only had 12 percent. That is abysmal. So I get that it's grown a little bit, but 20 percent of us decided to vote. That number just doesn't seem high enough. 
It's not, but I think, you know, we just came off of this midterm election last year. I think there's a lot of voter fatigue uh, when you get to this time of year. And right right after November, you're turning right back around again to get ready for another campaign. I think some people, you know, might tend to check out in those some off-year elections. But I think, you know, it's going to be so important for people to, to, you know, talk about how important this Wisconsin State Supreme Court race is uh, to, you know, so many things. Uh, in the state of Wisconsin, no matter what issue you might care about, what might impact you, the state Supreme Court is going to have a ruling over the next 10 years uh, that is going to matter to you. And so uh, the justices that will be elected will have 10 year terms. This justice is going to be there in 2033. This is a huge, huge deal. And it's funny when you talk about voter fatigue, which I know that concept is real, but everybody like I said, if you turn on social media, I have rights. I want my voice to be heard. It's like, this is the perfect way. Get out and vote and tell your friends what you like and what you don't like about other candidates. Activate yourself. Activate instead of just complaining and pointing fingers. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I, and I think one, you know, one county that really is an example to the rest of the state for turnout has been Dane County. Dane County is setting turnout records and election yep. after election uh you know they had the highest turnout percentage of any uh county in the state i think they were close to 40 percent uh with their turnout which again sounds bad and it kind of is but, but double for, the average but double the average exactly and so i think that's a really important part uh you know important thing that we can learn from dane county they're, they're doing a really good job getting people to the polls uh dane county is also certainly going to have its say uh in any statewide result considering uh how that county has has been and how it is continuing to get bluer and bluer uh, seemingly every, every election cycle. We're talking with Dan Schaefer of the Recombobulation Area, a website completely devoted to Wisconsin politics and news stories. I can hear it in your voice. What is it that excites you and draws you to these topics, to these issues? I just think it's really important. I think this stuff matters. I think this stuff can you know, really make a difference in people's lives. And I think you know, in, in the state of Wisconsin, it's we're in such a pressure cooker when it comes to politics, right? We are, you know, one of the handful of states that is going to decide every presidential election. Every one of our statewide races seems to be decided by decimal points. And so every little piece of this really matters so much. And, and you know, these decisions that we made uh, are, are going to impact families, are going to impact the future. You know, I'm I'm a parent. I have two young kids. Uh, I think that's the biggest reason why I care so much about this, why I care about, uh, you know, finding a better solutions for the future of the state. I know you're a huge Bucks fan. Where was your heart when Giannis smacked his wrist going up to block that shot against the Bulls? I don't think I breathed for about, uh, <laughs> I don't know, five minutes or so when he, <laughs> when he, when he laid there on the ground. that one. Yeah. Um, but, man, he, uh, you know, knock on, knock on wood, rub the rabbit's foot, whatever else. Uh, <laughs> he, it seems to be... Uh, he, he seems to be able to recover from injury a little bit like faster superhuman. than most people. It, yeah, it's, yeah, it's remarkable, isn't it? I couldn't believe how quickly, and I use that phrase diplomatically, but when he had that terrible knee injury where his yeah. knee bent the other way, and he was back within weeks. Yeah. He's a superhuman, wonderful person to get yeah. behind. And we just didn't a, know if he was going to play in that final, so he ended up two, yeah. two 40-point games. In Isn't that nuts? Game. Yeah. He's the best. Uh, Dan Schaefer, you can hear him tonight on WTMJ Nights. All right, quickly, what's, what are a couple things you're going to discuss tonight on the show? Well, we have some. I was able to book a couple terrific guests, so I'm really excited Excellent. about the guests that we're bringing in. Uh, Milwaukee County Executive David Crowley is going to be joining us live in studio at seven o'clock. So uh, he gave awesome. his state of the county speech earlier this week, 
kind of flew under the radar a little bit with all the news about the uh, spring primary. So we're going to be talking to him uh, about that. Uh, also, Corey Hess from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel is going to be joining us. Mm. She's been reporting a whole lot on the Wisconsin Supreme Court race. Uh, and then you know I've got to talk some bucks. So my good, good. so my good friend Eric Name uh, oh, is going to stop guy. by from the Athletic, uh, and we are going to be talk about talking about my beloved Milwaukee Bucks. Ask Crowley why he gave his address on election on election day. I will. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask his, his comms team over there. If there must have been a strategy. Sneak this through on us. Right, here, right. right. Yeah. It's kind of like the Friday, the Friday dump. But he had good stuff to say, so I don't know why exactly. why they why they did it then. Well, that's why it's great that we have him in studio good. later tonight. Well, I'll be listening for sure. That is Dan Schaefer. It's WTMJ nights after the news at six o'clock. Dan, thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us. Thanks so much for having me.